First Samuel chapter 18 is where we'll lift the text. First Samuel chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him, meaning David, as his own soul. And Saul, Jonathan's father, took David that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan, the son of King Saul, and David, the future king of Israel. You will remember that the people of Israel chanted, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. Saul, Jonathan's father, later becomes so enraged with jealousy, rooted in the accolades and praises of the people, that he lost his mind and began to pursue David, even to take his life. This Saul, at this point, Jonathan's father is saying, that David and Jonathan had made that covenant and Saul would no longer allow David to go home to his own house. He brought him into the king's palace. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him. Love is the rooted and grounded foundation of covenant. Next. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. Now this passage is one of the greatest stories of friendship recorded in the entire Bible. David, the giant killer, and Jonathan, the son of King Saul. Make a covenant with one another that involves an exchange of robes and an exchange of weapons. The robes represent, of course, possessions. The weapons represent, of course, provision and protection. The word covenant, everybody do like this, say cut, cut, cut. The word covenant, of course, means to cut, and it's widely known and practiced in the ancient world and still very prevalent in many, many cultures today. David eventually left to flee the wrath of Saul, and he and Jonathan parted for the final time. Here are the words of David, uh, Jonathan. And Jonathan said to David, go in peace. For as much as we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord be between me and thee, and between my what and thy what, for how long? And he arose and he departed. 
Jonathan and David were not just in covenant with each other. As covenant heads, they represented their entire households and all the descendants that would follow out of their lineage. I need to shout this this morning. Jesus is the covenant head of the entire human race. God the Father made a covenant with Jesus that involves not just God the Father, not just Christ the Son, but everyone who would believe by faith on the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Son of God. The eternal covenant is illustrated by the earthly covenant between Jonathan and David and all of their descendants. Jonathan and his father Saul were killed in a battle by the Philistines on Mount Gilboa. Years passed. David eventually ascended to the throne of Israel. After David secured the borders of his kingdom. <laughs> I wish I had time to preach to America right there. Some of you have no idea what I'm even talking about. The first thing that David saw to as king was not how many votes he could get from what ethnicity based on what laws of the nation he allowed to be broken. He secured his borders. But the next thing that David did as king is recorded in 2 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 1. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? One of Saul's servants identified one remaining member of the lineage of Jonathan named Mephibosheth. He was living in a place called Lodabar, around the region of Mekir. The name Mephibosheth means shameful thing. Look at your neighbor and say, shame. He was living in a place that literally meant no pasture. Mm. He was a refugee, you see. He had escaped across the Jordan when Saul's household was being attacked by the Philistines. Mephibosheth was but a little boy. Jonathan's son, Saul's grandson, his caregiver, fleeing the wrath of the Philistines coming down upon King Saul's magnificent palace in Israel, fleeing down the steps. She tripped. She fell. Her weight crashing upon the legs of Mephibosheth, now twisted, frightened, a refugee. He finds himself huddled in a little hut, in a desolate place, nursing who knows how many grudges, how many insults, both real and imagined. 
I'm talking now, of course, about those conversations that you have in your imagination with people who are not there. How you really give them a piece of your mind. How you hear their insults, their ridicules, their accusations, their slurs. How you imagine what they must be thinking of you. And how you repeat in your imagination what you'd really like to tell them if you only had the chance. How they had no right. How could they have treated you like that? Who do they think they are? And you toss and you turn on your bed at night having arguments with people who aren't even there. Mephibosheth had gone from being the grandson of the king of the nation of Israel and the son of a mighty and respected warrior to a little cripple castaway of the house of Mekia. Mekia. Even the sign leading in to his little subdivision said, make here. What does it mean? Settled. I wonder how many of you are living right in the middle of what you settled for. Don't look at your spouse. And some of you are about to choose a spouse and settle. Boy, I'm looking like Boston up here today, huh? Is that guy's name? Manny Rodriguez? Don't y'all watch baseball? Manny, huh? Ramirez, Rodriguez, Sefuentes. He walks. I like that. That's somebody who acts like they know who they are, even if they don't. Let me slip this on on you. The devil can't tell the difference. That's the reason the book said, give him no place, no topos, no position of opportunity. Never let him see you flinch. I wonder what you've settled for. I wonder what dream you gave up on right before God swung the door open. I wonder how many times you hung your head and walked away and said, I can't. 
I won't. I will never. Oh, I know you're driving a car, but chances are it's the one you settled for. I know you've got a shout, but chances are it's the one you settled for. Some of you are in a marriage that could be filled with joy and happiness and peace and victory and love. But you settled. Why are you so quiet? Unknown to Mephibosheth, just like unknown to you, miles and miles and miles away, the king had a plan that included Mephibosheth. He was about to receive something that he did not deserve. <laughs> I can't get no help. And so are you. No, no, no. If you could only muster the courage to lift up a little trembling hand and say, I know I don't deserve it, but I'm about to get it anyway. You see, Mephibosheth had no idea that there was a covenant still in place between himself and the very king of the nation of Israel. But King David knew it, and King David was determined to see to it that every line, every cross T, every dotted I of that covenant was going to be enforced. Mephibosheth, he sure didn't look like much. Touch your neighbor and say, I think he's preaching about you now. He sure didn't look like much. He lived in squalor. Was dressed in rags. Barely surviving on what little crumbs fell off the table of life that he was able to stick his hand out and grab into his little meager existence. Let me remind you, five smooth stones didn't look like much till they were slid into the slain of David. A little boy's lunch of five loaves and two fishes didn't look like much until they were placed in the hand of the king. Little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth, nor fame. There is a crown, and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. Little is much when God is in it. That baby didn't look like much, wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid down in a manger. But he was him of whom the prophets began to look for 
from the dawn of time. Touch your neighbor. Look right now and say, I may not look like much today, but I'm on my way. Come on, tell them I'm on my way. I'm feeling something in here today. Tell them. I know it's getting late, but I'm feeling something right here. I'm, I'm feeling it right now. I feel my help coming right now. I, 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 can't, I can't stop now. Some, somebody's about to break through, break in, break out, break loose. One day there were visitors at Mephibosheth's little hovel. An attachment of the king's royal guard arrived to escort him back to Jerusalem to appear before King David. The fugitive had been found and he would get what was coming to him. Can I remind you? You might always need to live in a posture of expectation. You, and you, and you, and you need to live in an atmosphere of expectancy. Because let me testify to you today. I don't know when it's coming. I just know it's coming. Because you never know what moment of the night or day that God is about to show up right in the middle of your living room, your kitchen, your car, your dorm room. I don't know when. I don't know where. I just know there's a royal attachment sent from heaven on its way to you. God, talk to Abraham. <laughs> Woo! I don't care if you still hooked on alcohol and hanging out at the bar. You may be clubbing every night. Austin made up a new dance out of that. I asked him to show it to me. He said, you got to watch my feet, Dad. Watch my feet. I'm so tired of a bunch of religious bigots that act like you got to be all cleaned up and you got to be all dressed up and you got to be just right and you just got to have it all together and you don't ever need, you can't, you can't ever make a mistake or you can't be in our club and you can't ever slip up and your kid don't ever say a cuss word. everybody here this morning that's like that please go to another church we don't need your self-righteous arrogant attitude around here I want to go to church with folk that still have to hang on to the unchanging hand Here's the people we want in this church. Folks that mess up. 
and get up. If you don't ever mess up, go to church somewhere else. If you got it all figured out, go on to heaven. Your kids don't ever mess up. You a liar. Sit down. This church for real people. This church for folks still need grace. Still need mercy. Still need forgiveness. Still need hope. Still need Jesus. God spoke to Abraham when he was still in Ur of the Chaldees, surrounded by idolaters. My God, there's hope he can speak to us too. Touch somebody and tell them I'm qualified. I messed up, I'm qualified. I fell down, I'm qualified. I'm messed it up, I'm qualified. I didn't do it right, I'm qualified. I'm qualified, I'm qualified for a visitation from the Almighty. Now it looked to me like anybody would be ready to leave Lodabar. Man, I'm wanting to preach today. I am. I. Uh huh. Looks to me like anybody be ready to leave this mess. But there's something about Lodabar. Think about it. Who wants to live in Lodibar? It could at least be Hydebar. Now, if it's Hydebar, we could really mess up. But it's Lodibar. Who wants to live there? Lodibar. L, a place of lethargy. O, a place of obscurity. D, it's a place of disappointment. E, it's a place of emptiness. B, it's a place of barrenness. A, it's a place of apathy. R, it's a place of rejection. I didn't mean to talk about where you live. Who would want to live there? But there's stuff that keep folk in Lodabar. There, 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 there's a perverted allure to the place. Lodabar is a real good place to hide. It's a real good place to hide from the pressures. It's a real good place to hide from the disappointments. 
real good place to hide. From fear. No, 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 make no mistake. There are no victories at Lodabar because there are no challenges at Lodabar. People stay in Lodabar because they accept the label that somebody else gave them. When they first started talking about my son, everybody, elder, everybody wanted to label. He has autism. No, no, no. He has a spectrum disorder. No, 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 no. He has Asperger's syndrome. No, 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 no. He has. They just want to put a label. So everywhere you go, that's who you are. Mephibosheth, he had a label. He was a victim of the X factor. He was X royalty. He was an X husband. An X wife, an ex-businessman, an ex-student. He was chained to who they said he was. My college professors looked at me and said, don't you ever try to pastor? You'll be an embarrassment. But I decided that somebody else's head was a real bad place to keep my identity. Touch your neighbor, and I know it's not good English, and I'm standing right here in front of a doctor. But say, I'm not an ex anything. I'm an about to be somebody. Just tell him I'm about to be. I'm not. I, I, I'm not. I'm about to be. I'm about. I'm about. You have no idea what God is about to do with me. People stay in Lodabar because they don't know anything. Hosea 4, 6 says folk don't know the way out of Lodabar. They're destroyed for the lack of knowledge. People stay in Lodabar because they sold out. They don't know. They've given up. They shut down. A man with a withered hand. He put up with it. He could eat with his other hand. He could work with his other hand. He could make a living with his other hand. He could lift one hand in worship. But when he came in the presence of Jesus, 
Jesus let us all know that he won't put up with what we will put up with. Jesus said, won't you stretch that thing out? <laughs> Come on, shout, stretch it out. Stretch it out. Mephibosheth wasn't at the table, my dear friend. Mephibosheth was living under the table. Fear and anxiety, his constant companion, the lie reverberating in his mind was you will never have enough bitterness, remorse over what might have been flooded his soul day after day after day. No provision, no protection, no joy, no hope. One day, I'm going to go home now because you don't want to hear about one day. You want to stay in the bar. You want to stay over there crying every night. How about you want to be Charlie Brown? Why is everybody always picking on me? You just want to settle for whatever life gives you. You just want to hang out underneath the table eating crumbs. So I'm just going to leave you now with your crumbs. Oh, all right. One day, one day, ah, what if this, what if somewhere between 12 o'clock and 12.15, it was your day? What if this was the day that everything changed? dare you to shout there are about to be some changes <laughs> somebody's business about to change somebody's hair color is about to change somebody's joy is about to change somebody's future is about to change somebody's past is about to be erased somebody shout for me I can't shout Mephibosheth was staring out the door, looking out from underneath that little table when a cloud of dust appeared in the distance. What could be coming? Who could be coming large enough in company to create such a disturbance? Nobody intentionally came to Lodabar. You know the number one statement in hell. I never intended to be here. You know, nobody really sets out to end up in hell. Nobody gets up one day, gets out a map and says, how do you get to Lodabar? How do I become lethargic? How do I live in obscurity? How can I get to depression? Nobody intends to go there. Fear paralyzed the rest of Mephibosheth's little mm, infirm body. They found him. They'd surely execute him right on the spot. He cursed those crippled legs. Were it not for them, he could run. He could get away. He could escape. Now all he could do is shuffle around that little hut. There was nowhere to hide in that horrible little hovel. They would find him as he was, a wretched lump, 
of broken flesh living in rags. As those lathered steeds approached, Mephibosheth turned from the door and he hid under that table in a desperate attempt not to be found, but it was all in vain. The cry was raised. He's been found in hard hands, drug him from underneath that table and sentenced him to appear before King David in Israel. The journey was a nightmare for Mephibosheth. He imagined all kinds of hideous scenarios playing over and over of the things that were sure to befall him when he appeared before his mortal enemy, King David. Perhaps they would jostle him and push him to the ground and play with him like a cat would play with a mouse. Certainly they would abuse him and finally they would release his broken body from a lifetime of torment and death. In that moment, living made dying look easy. Has anybody ever been there? He got to the palace and King David was waiting for him. The only thing Mephibosheth could do was fall down in the presence of King David and say, I am unworthy to be in the presence of the great king. But when the king spoke, somehow he found the strength to lift up his little eyes. And when he did, as he saw the king's hand reaching down, he, he saw a scar across his wrist. And suddenly, as memory would do, that moment was frozen in time. And back through memory, he flooded. He was back now. He could smell the baby powder. He could feel the fine linens, the silks and the satins. He found himself once again as a child in the very palace where he found himself now being dragged out of obscurity and lethargy and barrenness and emptiness. That scar. There was something about that scar. Oh, yes, he remembered. It was the same scar that he saw in Jonathan's hand when he would rock him in the palace when he was destined to be a king. There were a lot of things bestowed upon Mephibosheth in Jerusalem, none of which he deserved, certainly none of which he expected. The first was when King David immediately said to him, Fear not today. I need you to know our king. Canaan king with nail-pierced hand is shouting over the sapphire sill of heaven's gate. Let not your heart be troubled. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The refugee from Lodabar had been escorted from the place of no pasture to the city of peace. He would never need to be afraid again. Mephibosheth was given a position as a part of the royal household. David said that he would eat bread at his table as one of the king's son. Do you know today that God specializes in taking nobodies and making them somebodies? He was no longer a stranger. He was no longer an alien. He was a part of the royal family. 
I got to remind you of something. He still had crippled feet. Don't look now, but so do you. Your might may limp, but your righteousness never will. A king's table is a good place to hide crippled legs. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. You may have survived on crumbs before, but not after today. Somebody just lift up a voice like Mephibosheth and shout, no more crumbs. Mephibosheth received provision. He received the opportunity. David said, I'm going to give you back everything your grandfather Saul had. Can I tell you today, everything that belongs to the king belongs to you. I can't leave without quoting it. If the thief be found, he shall restore sevenfold. Shout, put it back. He received a perpetual privilege. He received a promised harvest. Oh, there were those that looked at Mephibosheth just like they look at you and say, you have no right to be at the king's table. But like Mephibosheth, you can say, you know what, devil? For once, you're absolutely right. But my being at this table has absolutely nothing to do with me. Do you see the scar, that nail-pierced scar in the hand of my Savior? He made a covenant with the Father, and that covenant belongs to me. That everlasting covenant. By the way, I've been living on this stuff, drinking out of it, surviving them, whatever I, I ain't eaten in a long, long time. Draw me a bath. Remember, these are the very people he thought were going to kill him. Uh, put bubbles in it. <laughs> Dress me! Set that table. And carry me to it. And you better not drop me on the way. I'm a king's kid. I'm a part of this royal family. I've been adopted. My position at this table was purchased in blood. Shout no more crumbs. Shout it. Shout it. Shout it. You don't deserve it. 
What? I'll receive it anyway. Here. That's all you can have. Mr. Crumb. What? What? I want it all back. What? I want it all back. Your kids, your family, your joy, your neighborhood, your peace, your hope, your blessing. Oh, take it all back. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.